A healthy diet is one that fits within your budget, within your geography, within your belief systems. Is it about this kind of diet culture that I've really taken on? Or is it that my body is physically saying, oh, that doesn't feel so good? Spending all of my time thinking about my body and what was going into it and how that would affect its shape, that I realised this is not a way to live. My concept of healthy eating was you need to cut all the stuff out. So that did lead me to, yeah, having a pretty long list of foods that I couldn't eat. Or if I did eat, I'd feel really guilty about it. Hey, I'm Sam Eichen, and this is Butterfly Let's Talk. I think it's about time we did a deep dive into what healthy eating really is. And we're not going to go into specific eating plans or programs. You need to talk to a dietitian about that. We live in this world where big corporations are constantly marketing cheap, addictive food, and I just use air quotes, with very little nutritional value, And we've all heard about the public health impacts of that. It's led to a growing distrust in the food system and increased fear of food in general. So seeing an opportunity in steps the dieting industry. Now until recently, it was pretty much just the weight loss industry, but now it's rebranded itself to be more about health and wellness. So when we talk about healthy eating, we're coming from the point of view of people who've experienced an eating disorder or who are vulnerable to eating disorders, which as we've discussed in a lot of previous episodes is quite a lot of people. So lots of the diets which are constantly being spat out by the dieting industry or whatever it calls itself are not founded on sound nutritional science. And in fact, they put a lot of emphasis on restriction of food. I think that a big red flag is... At the moment, this new well-being thing, it's for well-being. But if anything tells you to buy a product or to buy this filler, this diet product, if it's Mm -hmm. telling you to restrict any food, unless you're anaphylactic allergic to it, there really shouldn't be anything that you're saying, I can never eat that, because that starts creating this bunch of baskets of good and bad food. And then that creates that negative relationship with food. And what you want is to be able to allow and have all foods. That's dietitian Liz Tathakis. We'll be hearing a lot more from her really soon. But she's not the only one who's said to avoid an eating plan that involves labelling foods as good or bad. In fact, all of the guests we spoke to in this episode said that restricting or completely cutting out any particular types of food should not be part of a healthy eating plan. Unless, of course, there's a medical reason to do so. Ideas around healthy eating are so based on restriction and deprivation, um, which I think is really messed up. Restriction often causes then um, this sort of feast and famine mentality, physically and mentally, where then we crave the very thing that we've been restricting. We know that a natural reaction to restriction is to go hard in the other direction. Um, So that, for me, turned into a binge eating disorder. The more you ban yourself from something, the more you're going to want it. The more your body's going to want it, the more your mind's going to want it. I want to make the point now that when we talk about healthy eating, we're not talking about dieting. Dieting is usually to strip something out Uh, for the end goal of weight loss or the new horrific term called wellness. 
I kind of introduced her before, but just to make it official, this is Liz Stathakis. I'm a dietitian and a nutritionist. I'm an accredited practicing dietitian, which just means that I get regulated basically and I do ongoing Mm -hmm. training to make sure I'm up with everything. Uh, If you look up in any sort of dictionary, the definition of diet, the um, example they give you, it's like Brenda started dieting again. And I love it that they say again, because you do have to keep doing it again and again, because you can't sustain it. It's it's unsustainable. Mm. Now, I don't want to get too bogged down in commercial diets, but we need to make the point that a person's diet The act of dieting and healthy eating are not the same thing. Many diets that are marketed as healthy are not founded on sound nutritional science. Restricting, cutting out, risking deficiency in a something. A something. Yeah, so you're risking deficiency in a something. So if you cut out dairy, you're going to risk a deficiency in calcium or protein. The official information on what's good for us and what's bad for us changes every few years so there was a period where eggs were terrible and now eggs are amazingly good and we should eat many eggs and there was a period where saturated fats would kill everybody and you get a heart attack from that now saturated fats are the new buzz thing and we should be eating more saturated fats so it's such a very fluid concept it's very difficult Mm. to keep up with it must drive you nuts it does drive me nuts um yes anything like paleo keto all those sorts of things drives uh, an eating disorder dietitian to despair uh, yeah i'm sure <laughs> it's and and there's always going to be something else that promises wellness or that promises a quick fix and um i think sometimes we get bored or we want a sense of achievement and so we latch onto these things and we try and change ourselves externally but really we should probably be working on our internal selves the national eating disorders collaboration or the nedc reports that 35 percent of normal dieters progress to pathological dieting and that 20 to 25 percent of those individuals develop eating disorders And that's something that our next guest can relate to. Name's Alex. I'm 23 from Melbourne. I'm studying dietetics at Monash University. Uh, Just finished my exam today, funnily enough. And I'm looking forward to working as a dietitian alongside beautiful other health professionals in the eating disorder space for the rest of my life. Like so many of us, Alex's disordered eating started when he was very young. I've always been a very anxious person, quite an obsessive person, even back in early primary school. And um, I guess after my mum and dad separating, I turned to food for comfort, I guess. And kids did start to bully me at school, um, poking at my, at my body, pointing out that I was gaining weight. I did start to, I guess struggle a little bit with running, I started to become fixated on my body and reflecting on it now, I had a lot of control loss. I didn't feel much control. I lost a lot of of weight and reflecting on it now wasn't healthy at all, but 
I guess I was just terrified of kids bullying me further. I needed to do something about it. Then my mum started getting worried, noticing how worried I was around food and how obsessed I was getting over what I was eating at only age 11 and um, that I was losing weight and I did stop growing um, at the time. So that's when she took me to the dietitian to, to, I guess, help me get back on track and learn how to eat healthily. Alex's experience with the dietitian was such a positive one, it inspired him to figure out what healthy eating really is. Is it just about the food? Looking back on it, it wasn't healthy at all, the way I approached food. But I guess after that negative experience and my dietitian getting me back on track, if you like, I agree to come back to it. Yes, that's where my actual interest in healthy eating and science behind nutrition started from my dietitian, I would say. can't really give you a template for healthy eating because it's going to be different for everyone. Well, the exact makeup of a diversified, balanced and healthy diet will vary on individual characteristics, things like your cultural context, uh, the foods that are available near you, your medical history and other things like that. The healthy diet is different for everyone. It depends on your culture. It depends what is right for your budget. You can't have freshly caught salmon every day if you live really inland. So that's not going to work for you geographically. Um, You can't have caviar every day if it doesn't fit into your food budget. So it's a, a healthy diet is one that fits within your budget, within your geography, within your belief system. So it might be your religion or your culture. It's a diet that takes care of your body as well as your taste buds. So that means sometimes we might have a salady thing and then sometimes we might eat brownies because they're kick-ass and they're delicious. So it's flexible. It's a diet that doesn't lead to restriction. It's a diet that doesn't lead to binging. It responds to your hunger and your fullness cues because we've got those beautiful hormones that tell us when to start and stop eating. We just got to listen to them. So while the nutritional components of what we eat is really important, part of a healthy diet is also about our behaviours around food. So that means we need to bring in a psychologist. My name is Janet Lowndes. I'm the founding director and principal psychologist at Mind Body Well, and we're a therapy practice in Melbourne. I've been a psychologist for more than 25 years. Most of that time I've worked in the um, area of eating disorders and um, worked with people with weight and shape concerns. So the question of what is a healthy diet, I, of course, can't answer that nutritionally speaking. It's outside my scope of practice, um, given I'm a psychologist, not a dietitian. Um, But I would say even most dietitians in in a similar space to me would answer this similarly anyway, that it's really important to focus more on a healthy relationship with food as opposed to just what is a healthy diet because it's, you know, it's such a... um, it's such a narrow question, I guess, and it's often the very question that gets people reading, uh, you know, advice from influencers. You know, there's all kinds of people out there who think they know what a so-called healthy diet is. I'm putting that in air quotes um, because really I'd say that a healthy relationship with food is so much more important. 
Janet says there are tools that we can use to mitigate against the multi-million dollar marketing tactics of both the food and the diet industries. Ways to nurture our physical health as well as a healthy relationship with our bodies and food. I often encourage people to focus on well-being rather than weight and and to think about well-being also as multi um, factored that you know we can we can think about our, our physical well-being our psychological and social well-being all kinds of different aspects of well-being and to think about the impact of food or different foods on our well-being is an important part of that however the tricky part I think is that sometimes the reason we might feel feel uncomfortable after eating something sometimes that might be psychological not physical like it might be because of guilt and it might be because we live, you know, in a culture that tells us that certain foods are more acceptable than others. So I do think that's a really important part of that therapeutic conversation to understand the response I have to certain foods. Is that my body physically feeling uncomfortable, maybe because, um, you know, of, that I ate very quickly or something like that? Um, is it that or is it my head saying, um, I shouldn't have had that, you know, again, all the air quotes, which don't really translate on a podcast, but you know what I mean? Um, We're okay with air quotes on this podcast. It's it's really, I think, important to help um, people. As a therapist, I feel like it's my role to help people unpack that relationship with certain foods. You know, what is it that comes up for me when I eat that particular food? And, and what's that about? You know, is that about expectations? Is it about, you know, is it about this kind of diet culture that I've really taken on? Or is it that my body is physically saying, oh, that doesn't feel, doesn't feel so good? When it comes to health, cutting out certain food groups because you believe they're not good for you can devolve into eating disorders like orthorexia, where you're so obsessed with eating the right food that it negatively affects all other areas of your life. For example, you can't go to a restaurant or a party because you're worried they won't have the right food. Orthorexia is a term that was coined in the United States in the 90s, and it literally means correct diet. It could loosely be defined as an unhealthy focus on eating in a healthy way, and people who suffer from orthorexia obsess about food to the point where it can damage their overall well-being. So this is probably a good point to introduce our next guest. I was in year 10 in high school. And there was just, a, I guess, a number of factors that led me up to initially wanting to, I guess, have a more healthy lifestyle, which then quite quickly spiraled into an eating disorder. My name's Sophie, and I'm currently studying to be a social worker, and I'm also an eating disorders advocate with um, lived experience of orthorexia. We were weighed, um, well, we had to weigh ourselves um, during PE class twice a year um, in high school from year seven to year 10. Um, and I think that was kind of the only way I knew that um, my weight was kind of increasing, um, which obviously is completely normal uh, through puberty, but that wasn't really emphasized to us. And, you know, because our culture is so obsessed with, with weight and, you know, being healthy and, you know, always sees weight gain as, as bad. Um, I guess I started to get kind of worried that I was going to, you know, put on so much weight and then become, you know, um, too big or, or, you know, unattractive. It quite quickly went from, you know, just, you know, trying to be healthy to an eating disorder. And honestly, probably only a couple of months um, because I had those kind of underlying personality traits um, 
like perfectionism and a need for control. My idea of healthy eating now is, is extremely different to what it was back then when I was actively in my eating disorder. But I think, you know, um, our ideas around healthy eating are so based on restriction and deprivation, um, which I think is really messed up. Um, and yeah, that's a lot of stuff around, you know, um, in order to be healthy it involves, yeah, depriving yourself and then needing to have, you know, cheat foods or cheat meals and the concept of, you know, good and bad foods and having to, you know, it's always about cutting stuff out, not, you know, adding stuff in that'll be beneficial for your health. So I think, yeah, my, my concept of healthy eating was very like, you need to cut all the stuff out. So that did lead me to, yeah, having a pretty long list of, you know, foods that I couldn't eat. Or if I did eat, I'd feel really guilty about it because I thought it would be, you know, really bad for me. Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of how I thought about healthy eating as being, you know, quite restrictive and it did impose a lot of restrictions on my life. A lot of our attitudes and beliefs about food stem from our childhood and what we saw our parents do or our family members do or the people that we love. And those are attitudes that are very difficult to let go of, but they're not always helpful. I grew up in the in the back of the room as Weight Watchers meetings were going on and, and that sort of thing. And that, in, that definitely informed my view of what it meant to be a healthy eater. I'm Sam Van Zweden. I'm a writer. I wrote a book called Eating With My Mouth Open. And I have a history of uh, binge eating disorder and complicated mental health and embodiment. Sam's book is about food, mental health and memory and the way all those things impact on our body, she says they're all interconnected. But as I've grown up, I think my relationship with food became much more complicated. I don't remember food being particularly complicated for me growing up until my late teens. Um, I had a family doctor say to me, as a result of being on some medication long term, you've put on some weight, we need you to try and drop some weight over the summer. Um, so I really doubled down and um, hit Weight Watchers first really hard and then that sort of spiralled into every diet I could get my hands on. Um, so at that point, I think my idea of healthy eating was about counting calories and um, all of those rules. As that got more chaotic, um, I just kept punishing myself for the failure of the diets, you know, um, that it wasn't the diets, it was me doing them wrong. Um, and we know that a natural reaction to restriction is to go hard in the other direction. Um, so that for me turned into a binge eating disorder, um, which has really seen me have to rethink my idea of healthy eating. Take me through this process of going from this dieting mind frame to the eating disorder. How did that happen? I think it was a sort of slow escalation. At the time, I didn't realise that there was anything wrong with what I was doing. And because of my body type, um, so I'm a fat woman, and because of that, the diets were working, and I thought that that meant everything was good. I guess I developed some more 
problematic behaviors of you know sneaking food and hiding hiding what I'd been eating and um, really just spending all of my time thinking about my body and what was going into it and how that would affect its shape um, that I realized that perhaps this is not this is not a way to live. I love just behaviorally this quote from Janine Roth and she says for every diet there's an equal and opposite binge and I think that's so true we try and make up for it as soon as we finish the diet. You know the old-fashioned I think it's called a Newton's cradle it's those those like silver balls hanging on a thread that you there there's a few of them lined up you pull one in one direction and it bounces back and flings one off in the other direction right so it's like if we restrict ourselves physically or mentally psychologically in any way what's very likely to happen is either one of two things either the restriction itself gains momentum and that's where people can then some sometimes develop more obsessive restrictive eating disorders um, or it flings off in the other direction and restriction often causes then um, this sort of feast and famine mentality physically and mentally where then we crave the very thing that we've been restricting. Okay, we get it. So extremes of anything, including restriction, are not part of a healthy diet. We need to have a healthy relationship with food and we need to start listening to our bodies. This is what we've been told so far, at least. But how do you do that? My whole thoughts around healthy eating have changed so much. Um, Something that really helped me in my recovery was um, intuitive eating and the intuitive eating um, framework, um, which was created by two dietitians, Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch in the US and I actually read that book intuitive eating very very early in my recovery my parents actually got it for me for Christmas and initially it really blew my mind and it was really hard to accept that what I thought was you know good for me um was wasn't really and my relationship with food was so yeah disordered and messed up at that point um so now I really try and yeah I try and practice intuitive eating I don't have any rules around food i listen to my body as much as possible and yeah my my notion of healthy eating has changed so much i think it's so much more important to have a healthy relationship with food generally speaking just looking at all food as 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 food and not taking a binary approach and not putting different foods in different boxes. I've, I've built an understanding that all food is, is in limits, nothing is off limits. And then once you perceive food as being like that, your body will guide you towards what it wants and what it doesn't want. If you can't figure it out for yourself, you have full permission to outsource it find yourself a therapist who specializes in body image and eating disorders they can help um, and they can they can sense check you when you are talking about so my my recovery part of it was to see a psychologist who specialized in those things we mm. did food diaries she would go over my food diary and we'd have a chat about you know what I'd eaten and how I felt about it and why I felt that way about it 
um, and she was a really great external sense check for like the thing that you think is a problem about this list of what you've eaten is it actually a problem and then we were able to figure out where it was a problem where it wasn't a problem and how we would deal with that um, so rebuilding that idea of what it means to eat healthfully wasn't something that just came out of me it was it was definitely outsourced i had a lot of external help in it It's really important if you have an eating disorder or you suspect that you've got an eating disorder, you need to find an accredited practicing dietitian that really um, has a special interest in that area because not all dietitians get trained the same in eating disorders. At university, for me, it was one one-hour lecture on eating disorders and they basically said, don't go there. Um, so you want to find someone who has done additional training in eating disorders so they can really understand what's going on. And someone who's got like a mid, little bit more of a counselling background would be good too because part of your journey of recovery, you've got to have a good relationship with who you work with because you're going to have to see them a lot. So if they piss you off, that's not going to go down well. Um, you're going to see them a lot. You're going to have to trust them because that's a massive part of the process is this trusting and building a team that works for you. If you think you need a dietitian or a psych who really knows their stuff when it comes to eating disorders or body image issues, Butterfly has put together a referral database and the chances are that there is somebody who meets your needs somewhere near where you are. To find out more, go to butterfly.org.au and follow the prompts. While you're there, jump onto Butterfly's resources page. And you'll find some tools on there that you can use to mitigate against the multi-million dollar marketing tactics that are put together by the food and diet industries that inundate you with so much confusing messaging about food and health. And if you need support right now, remember the Butterfly Helpline. There are trained clinicians there waiting to help you from 8am until midnight, seven days a week, Australian Eastern Standard Time or Daylight Savings Time. The number to call is 1-800-ED-HOPE, 1-800-33-4673. I'm Sam Eichen. This show is produced by Eichen Media for Butterfly Foundation. Huge thanks to Camilla Beckett and Kate Mulray from Butterfly. And our guests this week were Elizabeth Stathakis, Janet Lowndes, Alex Rodriguez, Sophie Smith, and Sam Van Zweden. Thanks for joining us again on Butterfly Let's Talk. If you like this podcast, please leave us a review or give us a rating. Five stars is what we prefer, but we'll take four if you got it.